0: Hi, everyone. A warm welcome back to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for mental health, love, and compassion. We're so glad you could join us. My name is Caroline Heim, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Christian Heim. Hello. And this week, we're looking at part one of a three part series on borderline personality disorder. Today's episode is going to be looking at five important things to know about borderline personality disorder. So Christian, I really don't know much about borderline personality disorder. Yes, well, that would put you in the majority. And look, I have to confess, even though I have been working with people that have borderline personality disorder, and I've been working with people like that for decades now, it took me a long time to understand some of what's really going on with this disorder. Borderline personality disorder. You may also see it written occasionally as BPD. Look, it affects probably about 2 to 3% of the adult population, and there are a few controversies about it. It's a relatively newly understood condition. Although it was described way back in the early 20th century, the word borderline really came from the 1960s. And from my understanding, it was from Otto Kernberg, who was a psychoanalyst who talked about... Neuroses, things like anxiety and depression, and an illness that is understandable, and psychoses, things that were harder to understand, like schizophrenia. And he thought there was a personality structure called borderline that sat on the borderline between these two, because there are aspects about borderline that can be understood. You can understand the anxiety. You can understand the depression. But there are things that are difficult to understand about borderline. The self-cutting, the suicide ideation, and some of the other things that go on. One of the controversies is that the research is showing that male and female is about the same. But... My clinical experience and the clinical experience of most psychiatrists is that females are diagnosed with this disorder at least three times, if not four times or more than males are. So why the difference? Well, there are a few reasons for that. There is a bias towards diagnosing borderline and histrionic personality disorder in females, just as there is a bias to diagnosing narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder in males. Other than that, it could be that a lot of the males that have borderline personality disorder are actually in jail. It could also be that there is just a difference in understanding in what actually defines borderline personality disorder for the clinicians such as myself and the researchers, because it has been my experience that at least three or four times as many females are diagnosed with this than are males. It became an official diagnosis from 1980 onwards. And look, I'm not sure about the label, borderline. I don't know if it's actually a really good word. I don't know if any other word would be any better, But it's what we have. And the main message that I want to give is that it's a disorder, just like any other disorder, and it needs to be treated like a disorder, just like any other disorder. It is not an insult. It is not a judgment of somebody's character. It is a psychiatric personality disorder. There are treatments around for it and the treatments are improving and there's every reason to be hopeful for success in overcoming borderline personality disorder. Now, the main word to go with somebody who has a borderline personality disorder is instability. People with borderline suffer from unstable relationships Unstable emotions and an unstable sense of themselves. The other things that they experience is a fear of being abandoned, a fear of being alone, a feeling of being empty inside. Uh, Anger control is an issue. And to compensate, they often engage in risky behavior, harming themselves, or even being suicidal. Scientifically speaking, we do not know what the cause of borderline personality disorder is. However, like every other mental illness and disorder, there's an interaction between genetic factors and life events. For example, studies on the brains of people who have borderline show that their prefrontal cortex is underactive compared to the general population, that their amygdala is smaller yet is more overactive than the general population, and that they release far more stress hormones, particularly cortisol. Now, the problem with these studies is that we don't know if the brain was like that or it's a result of, let's say, early trauma, because that's exactly what you would expect to happen trauma. What I have found is that most borderline personality disordered people that I treat have experienced trauma early in their life. Now, I tend to take care of the more severe end of the spectrum, so I tend to see people who have had a lot of trauma. A recent study showed that about 50% of people diagnosed with borderline personality disorder were sexually abused as children. Now, for the population that I take care of, it is closer to 95 or 98%. It is rare for me to come across somebody who has not had that unfortunate experience. But that's because of the severity. People who have milder borderline personality disorder may not have had a traumatic event. Uh, Other traumas that could uh, affect people so that they end up with a borderline personality disorder is losing a parent really early in life, or their personality not fitting in with the parent's personality or parenting style, or they could have been neglected as children. And look, that doesn't mean that all children that are neglected are going to end up with a borderline personality disorder. They may end up with a range of other things and they may be fine because as child psychiatrist William uh, Perry has found, love is protective. The more love that a child is given, even if they suffer trauma, they can overcome that. So here's the bottom line. If there is something inherited there, which there most likely is in Borderline, or it's a direct result of life events... If we care for our children and love them more and keep them safe, then we will have less mental disorders, less borderline. So, in society, we're looking to take care of our children. We're calling out sexual abuses. We're calling out emotional and physical abuses. And this is a good thing because the less abuse we have in our society, the healthier. We will all be. However, the treatment is the same. It's psychotherapy. It is a talking therapy. All right, now I hope that gives you a little bit of a background on borderline personality disorder. I'm now going to go into the five things that I want you to know, the five important things to know about borderline personality disorder. And this is the first, and this is the most important. Having a borderline personality disorder is not the person's fault. It's possible that the person was born with an overreactive response to fear. We're not sure. It is possible that they experienced trauma early in their life. We're not sure. Maybe something went wrong in the peaceful, loving nurture that all children need in life. We don't know. But the way these people often behave is that they are stuck at the age that trauma happened, and that is not voluntary. Nobody puts their hand up and say, I'm going to be somebody who's going to have tantrums, Uh, I can't control my temper, I'm going to be really clingy, and occasionally I'm going to manipulate people to get my needs met. Nobody puts their hand up for that, just like nobody puts their hand up to say, I am now going to break my leg. But what happens when somebody breaks their leg? We can see a cast on the leg or some sort of a moon boot, or we can see that they're on crutches. And this is what tends to happen. We see them and they go, oh my gosh, what happened to you? So there's some sympathy and compassion for the person. And then the person will let you know. And here's a strange thing. Even if they had an accident where they were doing something stupid, so in other words, the broken leg is their fault, we'll go, oh. You poor dear, it must be really tough. It was really bad luck that that happened to you. Yet, when somebody is diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder, which is not their fault, we somehow become reticent to engage with them. It's sort of like, oh, that's somebody that I have to be careful of. It's very, very strange. And a lot, believe it or not, has to do with the fact that when somebody has broken their leg, we can see it. Whereas when somebody has a borderline personality disorder, you cannot see it. But here's a take home message number one. Having borderline is not the person's fault. The problem is the problem. The person is not the problem. Borderline personality disorder is the problem. And this is a diagnosis. It is not an insult. It is not a judgment. So let's not blame a person, but let's try to encourage people and understand their plight. The second thing that I want to talk about is that borderline does not respond to medication. Now, as a general rule, this is true. However, there is some research out there that's showing that some medications may be of help, but the mainstay of treatment for borderline personality disorder is psychotherapy. And I'm here to tell you that sitting down weekly with somebody to talk about the most difficult moments in your life and how to get on with people in the here and now is not an easy task. It is very, very difficult, but there are some good treatments for borderline, but medication, generally speaking, is not one of them. However, people with borderline personality disorder can also get depressed. They can also get anxious. They can also get addicted to substances. And these three conditions often need medication and they do respond to medication. But the borderline personality itself is more a disorder of development and personality, not brain chemicals. That's why it needs psychotherapy. And with therapy and with effort, people can improve immensely. So the second thing is knowing that borderline does not generally respond to medication, therapy, some sort of a talking therapy is in order. All right, so the third thing that I want to let you know is that Famous people have borderline personality disorder. Now, I have known and worked with people who were doctors, lawyers, world-class musicians, entertainers, and teachers and nurses who have a borderline personality disorder. You can function really well with a borderline personality disorder. However, it gets in the way badly. That's why needs to be treated. But because of the stigma attached to borderline personality disorder, so few people will put up their hands to say, oh, guess what? I've got a personality disorder. So around the world, we have some high profile political people who will say, yes, I have been battling depression. Or we have uh, comedians who will say, yes, I have had a bipolar affective disorder. But talk about people who have borderline personality disorder and generally speaking people do not put up their hands to say yep that's me some bravely do and they're mainly comedians which is very interesting because comedians like to deal with the truth in a way what makes a lot of comedians funny is that they deal with the truth and that's why they hit home so nicely sometimes But other than that, we have a lot of websites that infer that celebrities may have borderline personality disorder based on their addictions, their disorganized lives, their multiple relationships, or even their self-cutting. But let's leave it to the people themselves to share a diagnosis if they want to. And here's my challenge to all of us. It would be easier for a lot of people to share their diagnosis if the rest of us were more understanding and more sympathetic. But I am going to talk about one celebrity. This is one person who overcame borderline personality disorder. She is professor and leading psychologist, Marsha Linehan. She was misdiagnosed early in her life and misunderstood early in her life. She had borderline personality disorder when we didn't understand how to treat Borderline Personality Disorder. So she, becoming a psychologist, thought about her own situations and developed what is still the best therapy for Borderline Personality Disorder. That's called Dialectic Behavioral Therapy, or DBT. This remains the best available treatment for BPD, although there are others now. And she is a celebrity. She is a hero In the industry that i work in fourth thing that i want to let you know about borderline personality disorder is that it is treatable but the treatment takes effort commitment and understanding we have studies coming out showing that our treatments are getting better and you can be hopeful in fact in sydney there's a psychiatrist by the name of russell mears who did a study showing that people with borderline personality disorder could lose the diagnosis in one year, working with a trainee psychiatrist every week. Now, when we train to be a psychiatrist, we have to find somebody that we can work with week in, week out for a year and understand that case thoroughly so that we know the basics of psychotherapy. So this psychiatrist, Russell Mears, came up with the idea, well, why don't I get my trainee psychiatrists to pick somebody with a borderline personality disorder, and we will make it an experiment and see how it goes. And what he found was that most people lost the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder in a year. That is really, really good. Now, of course, borderline personality disorder can be mild, moderate, moderate or severe. So I'm here to tell you that if you have a mild borderline personality disorder, then wellness for you could be only a year or two away. If you have a moderate illness, it may take longer. And if you have a severe borderline personality disorder, then managing it could take years. But here's another core thing about the treatment of borderline personality disorders. Hospitals, aren't terribly much benefit for the illness itself. Now, the care given by doctors and nurses can often feel good for the person who has a borderline personality disorder, but it may not do anything to help the illness itself. It's always outpatient therapy that we work towards. Dialectic behavioral therapy, for example, is a group-based process. And it, it used to be six months long, but now um, centers are doing it for a whole year. Then there are individualized treatments like CBT or insight oriented psychotherapy, schema therapy, and mentalization-based therapies. Now, these all take effort, commitment, and understanding from the person, and the therapist. The rest of us really don't understand how difficult it can be to be in therapy. But as I said, the treatments are getting better and the earlier you get it treated, the better your result. So take home message here is that borderline personality disorder is treatable with effort, commitment and understanding. All right, and the fifth thing that I want to let you know, and this is really important, is that people with borderline personality disorder are as wonderful as the rest of us. You see, unless you're somebody who can say, I'm a perfect person, I've had a perfect upbringing, there's likely to be a smidgen of borderline personality in all of us. After all, do you ever get angry? Do you ever get resentful or bitter about things or find that every now and again you'll manipulate other people to get your way? Yeah, I do. I do that. But if you've been hit hard enough and early enough with trauma and you have some genetic factors as well, well, the result could be borderline personality disorder. So as I like to say, There but for the grace of random chance, go I. Just like somebody who has a broken leg, people with borderline personality disorder need understanding and acceptance. It's a difficult disorder to accept. And the problem with it is that the symptoms of this order is in the area of getting on with people. And because of that, it's tempting for other people to judge the person based on their borderline behaviors, right? And look, sometimes there are cases where you will need to protect yourself, and I have had to do that at times. But underneath the disorder, however, there's a wonderful person. And I have had the privilege of seeing this wonderful person under the disorder time and time again, So in summary, five important things to know about borderline personality disorder. The first is that having borderline is not the person's fault. So it's good to separate the person from the illness. Number two, borderline can be treated and there are a lot of very good treatments for it, mainly psychotherapy. Number three, There are famous people who have battled borderline, and the most famous is Marsha Linehan, a professor who had the disorder and left us with the best treatment for the disorder. Number four, treatment takes effort, commitment, and understanding, and anytime you can encourage somebody with the disorder to be working on it, that is going to be very helpful. And the last thing that I want you to remember, number five, is that people with borderline personality disorder are as wonderful as the rest of it. Underneath those symptoms, there's a person waiting to emerge. Well, I hope that's given you more of an understanding and a little bit of compassion for people who are battling this psychiatric disorder. I hope you can join us next time.